Who the fuck are they? Who are they, who are they bringing in to test? Pussy. <laughs> I was like a pussy. Yeah. Pearl clutching motherfuckers. That's what right. it is. Right. Somebody think of the children. <laughs> my secrets gets inside your head and it shows you hi i'm candy the final girl this place is a tomb and i'm sean of the dead would you like something hot and black inside you <laughs> this is the house that screams today we are talking about the 1997 cult classic event horizon Starring Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, we have Erica Wright. Hell is just a word. The reality is much, much worse. Dave German. Fuck layman's terms. Do you speak English? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, the cinema drunkie Antigueta. Here I come, motherfuckers! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, returning guest, Jenna Fryer. Oh my god. What happened to your eyes? Where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. And we have a new special guest, Haddon. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. And you ever seen Fire in Zero Gravity? It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. And you being the newest member to join the show, um, you get to start the conversation. So what do you want to talk about with Event Horizon? What, what's your favorite thing? Um, well, it's one of my favorite movies, and I'm watching it 8,000 times. There's, like, little things that I noticed, and I rewatched it today with Jenna, and I noticed, I guess for the first time, there's a lot of 1990s technology. When they find the captain's log, it's on a CD, and they still have wristwatches, and I just wanted to see if anyone else noticed any weird, like, 90s technology in 2047. <laughs> I definitely noticed this the thing is, what's hard with these kind of films that have sort of that sci-fi tech stuff in it is it really dates itself because that stuff upgrades so fast. And it for me, it's I notice it, and I'm notorious for hating 90s films, horror films. I, I hate them. It's well known. But this is not one that I hate. And yes, is does it make it feel dated a little bit? It's, for me, it's really easy to do that whole, like, disassociation with that. Like, yeah, like, I, if I pay attention to it, it's going to bother me. But the rest of the film is so good that it doesn't bother me. Did you? Yeah, so, you know, this is, for me, Morpheus in space. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I love this movie. I watched the shit out of this when I was a kid growing up. Um, the perfect blend of, of sci-fi and horror. I just, as I've gotten older and learned more about the film and watched it, you know, I, I did. I noted a lot of the dated technology and things like that. But, I, you know, there's a lot about this film that I think was taken out that could have made it so much better. Um, and I don't think that's any fault of the director. Um, no. That the actors that they chose were phenomenal. Um, I just think that that you know again you know like other movies we've talked about what ends up in the film and what doesn't and I think that they kind of castrated uh, Wes Anderson on this film and took out a lot of the things that I think would have made it a much better film. Sean, Sean, Paul Anderson or yeah. Paul Anderson. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna correct him. And while we still have the floor for just a second, I want to say. Um, I think it's some serious bullshit. I mean, we might as well just throw this out there so people can say their say about it. Um, about the missing footage, they found it in like salt mines yeah. and India and what you know what I'm saying. Like <laughs> it, they did not preserve it, and so you know they have a lot where they're like, oh, the director's cut. Well, I mean, kind of. They didn't really have everything. Some of the stuff was without sound or just some concepts. Um, what they were able to save. Um, wasn't very much. It was all over the world, literally, and not preserved. So it was lost, and so fuck the production company for that shit. I just want to address that now. Um, Erica, you were next. Ah, so uh, I saw this back on uh, VHS in the late 90s and then watched it a whole bunch of times. Like, it's one I, I like to revisit frequently. It's uh, it's a really solid film, and there's always something... Uh, you know, I enjoy about it every time. Um, so I finally decided to splurge and get the collector's edition that's put out by uh, Scream Factory. And I absolutely recommend this. It does have a lot of that, um, the, some of the, the footage that was recovered that had been missing or just cut out because uh, test audiences didn't like it or the studio thought it was too gruesome or whatever. But yeah, this is like a really great addition. My friend Justin Beam... Um, produce the uh, the special features on this so it'll be someone we interview soon super yes excited. yes i was gonna say that <laughs> yeah the not to cut in but the, they allegedly have footage of people fucking themselves to death yeah. in yeah. that original yes, footage yes. so good, yeah that was that, that there's we, that we had a brief flash of that in the yeah film. yeah brief flash yeah. but it was it was really extended in the original footage yeah. which, uh, which i would like to see yeah, yeah. <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, I want to see. So sorry to Haddon over here. We're sick fucks over here. So yeah, uh, <laughs> as, as fine. To... I was upset about the missing footage too, and I'm like, you heard they hired porn stars like to really get, have the rape scenes really like be authentic. And like, I want to yeah. see all that. I want to see the maggots coming out of like people's mouths and open and, wounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the reason that it didn't make it past the uh, test audiences was because people were feigning. And they were they were using ah. real they were using real life amputees, you know, for for the scenes with you know the people with the missing limbs and stuff, and and people couldn't take it. Who the fuck are they? Who are the, who are they bringing in to test? Pussy. Test I the was like a pussy. Yeah, pearl clutching motherfuckers. That's what right. they're doing. Right. Somebody think of the children. Ironically, <laughs> <laughs> like that's the footage everyone wants to see now. Like the one weird image that stuck with me is that guy whose jaw is stretching out, and there's like a whole arm going down his throat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had that brief little flash, and I mean yeah. that was enough to intrigue the fuck out of me. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I want to know more. Yeah. I remember, like, pausing it, like, on my I DVD, that, like, yeah, every, yeah. like, or slow motion, just trying to see, like, what I could see, because I'm like, what else did I miss? Yeah. Does, does anyone know the photographer Joel Peter Witkin? Because a lot of those stills, if you look at his work, he uses amputees, he uses dead bodies, like, all of that stuff. And, like, like um, uh, Nine Inch Nails Closer, he, yeah. like, like, that's heavily inspired by Joel Peter Witkin's work. And I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd take a bet that, you know, he kind of looked up Joel Peter Witkin and was like, all right, I want to go for this. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I definitely think that was the right choice. Um, Jenna, it, uh, do you have more you want to say here? You have your... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of a hard turn, but... It's okay. I heard Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> in in space, and I love Lawrence. I love yeah. Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. Uh, like it's like I guess like it's kind of an archetype that you see in um, uh, '90s movies, but you don't really see anymore. Where it's like the stern guy who kind of like knows what he's doing and very like headstrong. And he's like, no, this is exactly what we're doing. Like now it would be played by the rock and like, it would be yeah. kind of like, like he'd be a little too charming. And they make it funny. Yeah, exactly. Like he'd have like quips and everything. And I love Lawrence Fishburne in this because he's just like, he's like stern. He's super decisive. And like what Haddad was saying, he has like, like dad energy. You know yeah. what I mean? Definitely. <laughs> The way he delivers his lines is so cheesy sometimes that it's so good. Like, it's exactly what you need in that situation. Like, he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, that was good. So, hard turn, but. No, but, I mean, definitely needs to be discussed, for sure. Uh, Dave. Well, like Haddon was saying, uh this movie, uh, sci-fi movies in general tend to date themselves because they show technology like what we thought the future was going to be. But that's one of the things I love about sci-fi in general. It's so optimistic. Like even this movie, which isn't that long ago, 2015, you know, permanent base on the moon, you know, which we don't obviously don't have yet. And I love that about sci-fi. You look at really, really old sci-fi like, um, uh, uh, you know, this planet Earth and all this, all this great stuff. It's so optimistic about what we're going to achieve in the future. And we, and we haven't gotten there yet. It's like, God damn it, why did we not have a permanent base on the moon? And mm-hmm. I love that about sci-fi in general. It's, it's, it's so optimistic about what we're going to achieve. And then we never quite get there. You know, it's like it's like pointing its fingers at us. You guys suck. You know? <laughs> you well, they do always make sure we have the newest Apple Watch and the newest iPhone and the newest, you know, that's the most important stuff here. We had it, it's priorities. Still waiting yeah. on my flying car, damn it. Yeah, yeah where's the that? <laughs> You can look at you can look at old magazines from the 40s and 50s saying we were gonna have flying cars by like 1987. You know, where's my fucking flying car, man? I want it. <laughs> right. <laughs> or at least a hoverboard. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But is it really is it really a hoverboard? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. No. At least a hoverboard. This is the hoverboards we have are not hoverboards. Yeah, They're yeah, not yeah, really yeah. hoverboards. Not like I've, we want them to be. Yeah. yeah like most definitely. Um, Rob. Yeah, so we talked about, uh, Sean mentioned not the fault of the director, and I wanted to go into him for, for a second. Uh, Paul uh, W.S. Anderson, as he's known now, who's become quite the controversial figure in film uh, through his uh, Resident Evil film series, uh, yeah. which, is, 
The, I know, I know, I know, Candy. I know. You know I, know. I, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, 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 I enjoy everyone except the last one. That last one, I, I did not like at all. Uh, I really liked his last movie, Monster Hunter. I really enjoyed that. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, he was he was kind of the the wonder kind after coming off Mortal Kombat. Uh, that was his uh, debut uh, uh, American film because he had done a previous film called Shopping, which got him noticed by American producers. And uh, they had wanted him to do Mortal Kombat 2, and he kind of wanted to get into harder edge stuff. He didn't like, you know, he was like, fuck PG 13 shit. I want to do the rated R <laughs> stuff. So uh, initially, he was going to do Soldier, his film with Kurt Russell. He was going to do that. But uh, Kurt Russell needed the time to. Uh, work out and get into shape so uh, they postponed it for a year for Kurt Russell to do that and he went and he made this um, and he said he'll do it in a short amount of time that uh, they gave him enough amount of time but he, he was being he, he admits he was being stupidly arrogant and he decided he was going to do it in a shorter amount of time than they had given him and then kind of left him in a, in a, in a rush when the, it came time to finish it which led to the he, when it comes to the missing footage, he kind of blames himself for the fact because he hadn't properly prepared it. So, like he said, like it, it, that he would have appreciated the time to really edit the footage, and he he really didn't have it. So when they was prepared the test screening, it it was not just sickening, but it also wasn't very like good, like the way it was edited. So which is why they would like you need to cut all that shit out. And he was like, fine, fine, fine. And remember, this is before the time where like director's cuts were uh, commonplace. Like we only had a few director's cuts, like uh, um, uh, Blade Runner and Terminator Two and The Abyss. Like director's cuts were just becoming now becoming a uh, a, it was a, a thing. It's more with the DVD age that we yeah. started getting those. Yeah. 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 So they that's why that footage wasn't uh, properly preserved and shit, because they figured like nobody's going to see this shit, you know, so chuck it wherever. That's why you found it in a Transylvanian salt mine. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Which is which is wild. And uh, How the fuck did that happen? Yeah. They, they, they were just looking to throw it away, whatever. Just just throw it somewhere. Just nobody's going to see this shit. Take this to Transylvania. Get the fuck away from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um. Uh, I, I'll say that uh, I I consider this uh, my favorite movie of his, his best movie. Um, I, I don't think he's the, the you know the the terrible filmmaker a lot of people say he is, although he does have issues. Um, uh, he 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 loves Alien, and he really shows that in a lot of his fucking movies. Mm-hmm. He 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 loves Alien a lot. Um, uh, of course, he went on to make Alien vs Predator, so there's that proof. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, this is this is the movie I use as the defense of him being a good director. Where people say, "Oh, he's terrible," it was like he made Event Horizon. Your argument is invalid, yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, well, I just yeah. want I just wanted to speak in defense of him. I think he's a a really good filmmaker. Um, I know he loves his wife, which is why he puts her in everything. But how could you not love Mila Jovovich? Um, <laughs> um, the, I know she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's 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 a goddess and she's a badass and I love her so. Of course, he's gonna put her in everything because she deserves it because she's awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's an awesome director. And uh, he, uh, I mean, however you feel about him, I think he's great. And uh, I just wanted to speak in defense of him for a sec. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we definitely need to to hear that. I didn't, I was not aware of some of it, but um, you know, Event Horizon is is not. I, I'm not really. You know how I feel about like sci-fi, um, and I'm not. He's oh, yeah. always on sci-fi horror. Um, but this movie works for me. And these little glimpses, 
it, you know, as much as I'd love to see the missing footage, um, because I thought what we got was pretty remarkable because the 90s were very puritanical with horror. It was, they were very clean. They were not, you know, they were very careful. Um, this this movie, you know, we get some really great glimpses of just stuff. And sometimes the glimpse is enough. That, that glimpse that we got from the footage that they found where you see the crazy shit happening you know, it's so, you know, so fast, but you know, you're just like, bam, it hits you and you're so fucking disturbed. I mean, sometimes that's all you need. So, yeah, would I have liked to it to be more? I think if it was made right now, it would be all of those things. And no fucks would be given. No, like, you know, they were threatening the NC-17, which is the death death knell, you know, or whatever. Um, and all this stuff. So there, there was a lot of issues. But um, even even with that, we still got great effects. We got some great gore. We got some great, just a, a lot of great shit from it. And those, just those glimpses and that claustrophobic, I'm trapped in space. For me, like, one of my nightmares is being in space. Like, I'm terrified to go to space. Because I'm like, you only have so much air. You only have, you only have in space what you bring with you. And so you got that ticking t- clock. That, or the time bomb, as they talk about with, when you're a writer, that you have to have the you know the, the bomb under the table or whatever. But we have that with, they only have this many minutes of air, you know. And it, it makes me freak out. So I have this claustrophobic feel. You know, I just I just thought everything clicked, and it was it's a very disturbing film. And, uh, you know, I, I just really, I really, really enjoy it. And it's out of character for me to, to like this film. Um, well, I, I think that's what works well with this film is it's, very atmospheric, um, very yes. claustrophobic. Uh, it's ominous. It's an ominous film, and <clears throat> you know it's it, it's a testament to you know the director and the cinematographer that that can create such a uh, an atmosphere within this film. Um, and you know Clive Barker uh, consulted on this in pre-production, and so you can see the you know the the Hellraiser influences. You know, especially with the the uh, the the portal or the you know the I can't remember what they called it the, the gateway uh, the gateway yeah the gateway to hell or whatever it was. Um, and then the and then the fact that uh, you know this movie was originally uh, written with the concept of the shining in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which I think is a really fucking cool idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I think that he sold it on that idea and then. You know, it eventually got written, but I think when he originally wrote it, it he had it. It had to do with aliens. Um, yeah. Uh, Jenna. So two things. Um, I don't know if people know this. Uh, you know, I'm just so I'm just. I guess I'll just uh, talk about it a little bit. Um, they keep reels in salt mines. Um, that's like kind of a standard practice um, mm-hmm. to prevent yeah, uh, vinegar syndrome. Yeah, the temperature and, and stuff. Humidity, yeah. yeah, okay. I didn't know if any. Because <laughs> when I and first the, heard... the moisture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, so, oh, hold on. You just said something. Now I understand why the, um, uh, the you know, the distribution company Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. Now I understand why it's called that. I'm like, why the fuck would they call it that? I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I look that up. I'm like, wait, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> I guess it like smells like vinegar or something, like when it's rotting. So that's how you know. And it's like, ah, vinegar syndrome. Um, and yeah, I was also going to talk about like all the like 
definite homages and since he you know said the shining in space and you know you had that wall of blood coming in which is obviously very (laughs) shining-esque and the cuts on his face totally remind me of the exorcist which is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time Mm -hmm. and like so and you know so because i had such a reaction to that film i looked at his face and i'm like oh that's why i was so scared of this movie Because, like, I remember being in particular scared of him, like, with his face like that. Um, And what else did I see? I wrote wrote some of it down. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Pinhead. Yeah, I immediately thought of of Pinhead uh, the first time I saw this. When uh, um, Weir comes out for the first time and, like, he's naked and all that stuff. He he definitely gave me Pinhead vibes there. Yeah. Uh, Dad bod pinhead. Like in the first shot where like uh Sam Neil gets out, he's like sucking in his gut so much and he's like got the nineteen fifties. That's me when I get out of the shower and I look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't even, I don't even look Please. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not since COVID. <laughs> holding in shit it's just sitting out there i don't care <laughs> you wear it you wear it proud oh yeah yeah i wear my i wear my belly proud <laughs> what you got for us dave uh just talking about um the song that that's where uh day of the dead was filmed in a, in a limestone mine for the same mm-hmm. reason that's where they stored um because of the temperature and the humidity but the one thing about this film uh that that uh, I thought about is um, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. Give me one sec. It happens. Yeah, I completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, the, the, that's, why right, some, that's why sometimes you see me like raise my hand and then immediately put it down because I forgot what yeah. the fuck I was going to oh, say. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. So w- one thing, I, and I've said this uh, in numerous times before, is that one of the things I love about being on this podcast is the ability, the uh, opportunity to learn more about the backstory behind these films. You know, I love backstory. And you get some interesting tidbits, but no, I think um, the fact that they found some lost footage in an abandoned Transylvanian salt mine is like yeah. way at the top of the list of the more interesting things I've read about a film. I mean, how does that? Yeah, it's a, that's like a sentence you never expected to read. You know, they, <laughs> see, they, see, they, see, like, see, like, the, just the, some VHS tape just on the floor. Like, how did they even get to the Transylvanian <laughs> salt mine? Like, no, but I see, some old gypsy woman, you know, saying, "Oh, go there," but no one ever comes back or something. You have to. Right. Right. See that. Dracula's castle. That's the. That's the thing that confused me though, because like I I knew about the salt mine thing, but like why is it in a Transylvanian salt mine? (laughs) Like like like, why store it there? Like do we not have salt mines? Maybe that's where they. Maybe that's where they store all the horror movies. (laughs) That's a a sex script right there. The shit they want to get rid of, like, yeah, throw, throw it yeah. there, throw it there, throw it in Transylvania and shit. Oh, some weird tax incentives or... Yeah. Just, I just love that. I just love that thought. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely, that definitely ranks up there with some of the strangest, like, trivia yeah, it's, that, it's I, that I've come across. Now, yeah. Actually, what would make it better? That's the only movie that was there. It wasn't even, like, right. four reels. It yeah. just it's just that. like a VHS tape just on the floor with yeah. nothing else around it. 
Didn't they find Jones busts in like here it is? <laughs> didn't they didn't they find fucking a samurai cop lost like that in a salt mine somewhere in like some European place? <laughs> I, I think so. It was like they a, found it, yeah. Yeah, there was like in a vault somewhere, like in a mine somewhere that they stashed samurai cop and then they found it and released <laughs> it. They can't find the fucking footage we want to see, but they can find fucking samurai cop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, they that, got a. They gotta make an Indiana Jones where it's just him trying to find lost movies like <laughs> Samurai Cop. Yeah. That's a movie that should have stayed lost. <laughs> yeah, I remember it. Oh yeah, and then when they, they put the reel on the shit so people could watch it, their fucking faces melt off like the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the movie, he takes it back to the, the transformation salt and leaves it. Fuck this yeah. shit. Yeah. No, he, he gives it to the top men. From the top top men <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> go ahead erica oh um so yeah i did not know about the salt mine mine thing until you all brought it up um i wanted to talk about the um the production design particularly the event horizon ship and what i learned about that from the special features and the screen factory blu-ray edition um, I I knew that the Event Horizon ship was kind of weird looking and a little unconventional. I did not know that they based it off of Gothic cathedrals, including the Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, they they took bits and pieces and kind of like reassembled it, you know, made models of it, reassembled it into a spaceship. <laughs> and uh, they had they were trying to go for all these re- religious motifs in the design of the ship itself, which I thought was really fascinating. I also noticed there are just a lot of odd. Um, odd things with the ship design like the outside of it looks kind of insectile like a dragonfly body almost mm. uh, it also um has this like eye-shaped you know that long corridor is kind of eye-shaped which is appropriate because like everyone's just gouging their eyes out constantly in this movie <laughs> uh, yes. and like the coffin-shaped doorways and some of the scenes are very yeah very creepy interesting so like this movie is such eye candy. And yeah. when, when you like, also the, the fact that most of that was, um, you know, most of that wasn't miniature. It was really, you know, built on this big scale that the actors could, you know, walk through and interact in. And it's like, wow, that's impressive that a movie like this got that kind of budget. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was going to mention when you first started talking about that, the first thing I thought of was the coffin shaped doors, because I, I read about it like maybe a half hour before we hopped on here. And I wanted to go back and rewatch that scene because I didn't I didn't catch it. Um, but I guess it was like a little bit of like uh, foreshadowing, yeah. um, you know, because I think it was the scene where she was chasing her uh, her son. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm looking at the ship right now. I'm sorry I interrupted again. Sorry, I'm so bad. God damn it, it Emma. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like an onk, and I did notice this one guy had an onk tattoo. Oh, you mean Schmitty? Schmitty. Oh, man Schmitty. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if you can see it, but it's kind of onk-like. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that's... That's interesting. Yeah, and I was reading about the uh, the scene that they filmed where he's looking out of the uh, of the bay window. Oh yeah. And, and like the panning shot. The the most expensive shot in the movie. For forty five seconds of film. 40, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a quick five million. Yeah. 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 Five million. Oof. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it took up a, a, the the visual effects. Uh, that's how expensive it was. I think it was because of the rotation of the camera and the panning out. Right. Which is what which is what made it so expensive because it was a complicated shot and then have to animate in the effects uh, yeah. all in is what complicated the matter and shit. So I'm I'm pretty sure the visual effects artists were not happy with uh, uh Anderson <laughs> on the, the like oh we gotta you know how long it's gonna take to animate this shit motherfucker took him ten weeks <laughs> we're ten gonna weeks be here we're gonna be here forever yeah. Ten weeks for forty-five seconds of footage. Ten yeah. straight weeks too, probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. sleep. Just sitting there burning out their fucking computers and shit, trying to animate because he wants to spin the camera around in midair and shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Well, that's one thing I really wanted to talk about, and I figured we'd get to this. Uh, like uh, Erica said, uh, the, the ship is reminiscent of a cathedral. This movie has a lot of religious. Uh, uh, themes to it. Um, a lot, there's a lot of cruciform shapes, and like the windows are, are, are cruciform. The way that uh, DJ is killed, he's almost like crucified. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Latin, the fact that when they find the uh, the CD of the uh, previous crew, he's speaking in Latin. Um, and, he, and I like that he's offering, like when he, he's holding his his eyeballs out on his hands, it's almost like he's offering them, almost like a. a um, I, I can't what's the Catholic term when you, when you take communion like he's offering them. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of religious uh, themes in this. Um, you know, the people are all tormented by the ship based on their guilt and their previous sins, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, I, I found that really interesting. I was wondering what everybody if everybody else picked up on that or like what you all thought of that. Well, that that scene with the eyeballs it was reminiscent of me of one of my favorite horror movies, Warlock. When he's walking around with the, with the eyeballs in the hand, I love that scene. But yeah, I do, I do, I didn't think about the communion th- aspect of it until you. Well, I found that interesting because you know it, that scene is fairly shocking. Like he's holding his eyeballs, but if you watch it, he's actually like it's like an offering, like awesome. like he's almost inviting them in, like hey, come on in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's not bad, you know. It's like no, I'm I'm fine here, thanks, I'm good. Speaking of speaking of the reference to eyeballs, uh, remember also when Justin gets blown out of the airlock, his eyeballs basically explode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie's got a thing for eyeballs. His uh, yeah. weird wife, you know, is missing her eyes when he sees. Mm-hmm. If I can interject on that about, you know, with the eye thing, um, we talked about this. I know I brought it up a lot because I'm a big EC Comics fan, especially at the 50s time. But that's really where the comics code got started because it's considered extremely offensive to have any injury to the eyeball. And, um, you know, you see it a lot in, in Jolo films um, because they know that, that people feel like a, a revulsion that they can't control over something happening, piercing the eye, or eyes exploding, or eyes being removed, or anything like that. It, it's so just, they have, like, there's a natural reaction in the body. So they, that's where the comics code was invented, because EC Comics had every motherfucker getting their eyeballs stabbed, or picked, plucked out, or, you know, squished, Gouge. or gouged yeah so that that was a very strict code that didn't even go away until like god recently yeah that they let it go or falchi's splinter through the eye and yeah Yeah. oh yeah yes i'm talking about with jello films falchi was the best he loved fucking with people's eyes that's my favorite your eyeballs are very vulnerable yeah and that's what i'm saying your your body has a natural reaction to it and so it was used very wisely in this film well i thought with the eyes since the eyes are the window to the soul and the ship was possessing Yes. Him, like he, they're removing his soul, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
And with the voice of reason over here. (laughs) (laughs) And filling it with evil. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, I knew what I was going to say. Yes, I do remember what I was going to (laughs) say. I think this is a go. Um, I'll say two things. Um, The first thing is, I don't know why I even didn't connect these things, but uh, right when I finished watching the film, um, I had a conversation with this one person about, like, eyeballs, like, being removed. (laughs) Totally unrelated, just because that's my friends. (laughs) Totally (laughs) unrelated to, um, to Event Horizon. And they were saying, like, oh, yeah, like, when you remove the eyeballs, like, like, it, there was some, you know, they were quoting something where some guy said this once, like, once you remove the eyeballs, like, the person is, like, not human to people. Like, they, I assume they did some kind of study and they were like, yeah, like, once once the eyeballs are gone, like, they're not a person, really, which is, like, kind of weird. <laughs> um, no, that makes a lot of sense. And what I was going to say also is... um the I, I just wanted we we kind of briefly touched on it, but the it's such beautiful scenery in like the whole uh movie and you know we were talking about how like Haddon and I were talking about how like it's like we were so glad that that there wasn't a lot of like there were special effects but all of those scenes were not green screened you know what I mean like it was like real. Um, backdrops and it was just so beautiful and if you see the artwork for like what he what he thought of in his head and like oh my god it's like huge and like very cathedrally very like kind of like ethereal and oh so creepy <laughs> so big yeah yeah I definitely feel the oh I'm sorry go ahead Rob I wasn't saying anything Oh, I thought you were actually. No, I was going to say that this movie came out sort of at that time when CGI was just coming into its own. Yeah. So you've got some great miniature work, some great practical, fantastic miniature work in this movie, the, the models. and the, the, But then the CGI, uh, the, the bits that they use, is not that great. Like when they first yeah. got on the ship, the floating things. It's you know, still... The, holds up pretty well sergeant it's no it's not the worst i've ever seen but it it, it, it stands out i think that's only because the advances in cgi since then so yeah. I think we can forgive mm-hmm. it but um i like that they most of it's done with practical effects uh, which is you know i i prefer practical over cgi whenever you can get away with it agreed obviously. yeah the cgi in, in in this movie back in that in 97 was considered mind-blowing uh now it's you know the yeah, advances of C- but yeah like like jenna said it, i think it still holds up uh like the, a lot of the flowing stuff uh, no the, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> but uh i i think i think it's, it's it still works well um and yeah the the production design of this movie is fucking amazing uh, especially in the, the the gateway room like with the the, the rotating orb the, the that powers the ship yeah. I, I, I I love the way that that place looks. I, I I really do. Like it it really is gorgeous. Yeah, but that room is a great example of like where in horror films you have to uh, that have to do with technology. You have to suspend your disbelief. Like why would it have all these spikes, these razor sharp spikes and jagged? You know, you think a scientist would design it more. You know, have to be more safe. Well, it's because the way he designed it that way because um he was inspired by Clive Barker and Clive Barker did have a lot of input on the pre-production. 
Yeah. And so it's kind of going, harkening back to his stuff, like with the puzzle box and, and shit like mm. that. And you really get that feeling that Clive Barker's hand had, had touched this. Yeah. And so that's why I think, you know, that explains that design of, yeah, it didn't need to look like that, but it was cool yeah. as fuck, you know, yeah, like I, I loved it. That's just that's just that's just Dave needing his backstory again. Yeah, and there's your backstory. <laughs> you know, Clive Barker um, I, I, has some input. If I was a scientist I, I was designing something like that, I would just design it with less pointy edges. Oh yeah, like, but then it wouldn't look really fucking cool though. It, yeah, it would be it as would cool, but cool looking. But you know, I wouldn't get impaled on it either. So <laughs> right, right. Awesome. I just I, I like the whole puzzle box feeling of that room. Yes. Um, you know, because we had our climax and stuff, and a lot of the shit happens there and it has all this puzzle box kind of steampunk almost looking and with it with it next to all that technology it looks fucking amazing i think that it was a brilliant choice i mean considering i mean yes we i'm in, i'm gonna have to say about the cgi I, you know how i feel i'll repeat it um cgi dates things um, so it does, yeah, you know, absolutely. even even if you're using whatever I mean what they were using then was like top of the fucking line. Yeah, so you have to I mean that, that was the best of the best. But now it looks like shit, and that's the problem with technology. We uh-huh. when we're talking about the technology that they're using. We've come so far now, like you have to suspend your disbelief. Like okay, well now that looks they wouldn't be like that. But um yeah, but I, I love the design of the machine. I love the design of, of that. Um. Just, just for its its artistic merits, um, the spikes and the, you know, all the little Clive Barker inspired little little pieces. Um, I did not write down that order. That, okay, um, which which one? Dave was first. Dave was first. Okay. Okay. Dave. No, Rob was already raising his hand. I saw it. No, because I, I wanted to interject uh, a little bit about when she said that CG doesn't hold up from back then. I was like, well, Jurassic Park holds up. And uh, the CG and uh, Terminator Two holds up. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a hard and fast rule. I'm just saying most of the time, yes. Oh no it no, like and they did oh, a lot of like uh, practical effects for Jurassic Park too. Yeah, they yeah. did. They did. Yeah. The, the, the reason why it holds up because they use very little CGI. Exactly. It's only like it's only like it it's in only, there, and it's yeah. not as so like you know you're you're spending your whole fucking budget on the CGI, where like but, everything CGI. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yeah, we, me and Max talked about the the the, the first two Mortal Kombat movies on uh, uh, Action Junkies, and uh, the CGI in that is fucking terrible. Uh, especially... You mean brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. I love it though. The the, the last scene in uh, Annihilation where the, they they turn into kaiju and start fighting each other is glorious. Third <laughs> <laughs> example, I think, is the of of. Overuse of CGI are the um, the Lord of the Rings films versus the Hobbit films. Oh you know, yeah. The Lord of the Rings films they only really use CGI where they really absolutely had to. But but the, but, but my point was what. But what the hell? We had to do it with smog. Yeah, there were some things that had to be, but I think in a lot of it they, they went to it because it was easier. I, that that's just me watching it. No, that uh, that that river scene in in Smaug and shit went off a of fucking ever and all that CGI, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and yeah. water and water is always harder to do. Yes, in, yeah. Because right? water is, you know. Well, but they were like, here, take my money, please, make no, some I more. Love I love the Hobbit shit. films. Me too. We, I, I, I we saw most of them in theater. Yeah, we saw all of them in theaters. I, 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 I love them. I do too. They turned out pretty well, considering the fact Peter Jackson did absolutely did not want to fucking make them at all. But can we talk about Lee Pace's Thranduil? That was like my my obsession. <laughs> yes, I, I, yeah. I kind of oh my lord. Because I know how much you <laughs> Thranduil. Yeah. He like 
Yeah, I left there and I was sweating. I was like, oh my lord. You've never seen me on an elk before. <laughs> well, get on an elk and white blonde hair turn into a, an elfin king and let's he's talk. Like, he's like looking up a rented elk. <laughs> yeah. A battle elk at that. But the one scene that really cracks me up in this is when they first get to the event horizon and they're opening the hatch and he takes like a power drill to the door. And it's like 14 intermeshed gears all turning very, it's like, very did, steep it need, right, did it need to be that complicated to open the door? You know, <laughs> that always it cracks. Cool, though. It looks great. That's one of those examples of, you know, uh, form over function. It's, just, yeah. it's like this Rube Goldbergian, you know, door. <laughs> It, it, it could have just been like four bolts going, you know. And if I can interject, I mean, it makes you feel like, okay, we're doing something very important here. So it's we, they do a lot of attention to it. Like you're entering some fucked up shit. Yeah. It's really kind of like a game changer. I, I felt like it worked. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense I'm in sorry. reality, but it works great for the theme, for the, yeah. um, the visuals, which I, I that scene is a great example of that. Where, yeah. yeah, it, it, it works. It's great for tension, too, because, you know, the, the longer it takes, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen when they finally open it, you know? Right. Hmm. Uh, Jenna? Um, well, I was going to save this till the end, but someone already mentioned Mortal Kombat. Ah! So, uh, yeah, it, he it did this there. right Sorry. after Mortal Kombat, right? Yes. And um, in the movie, they, the, the, he, they went to, you know, the, the ship went to another dimension, right? And it was the chaos dimension. Do you think it was the chaos realm in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> that's, a, that's a damn fine point. That's a damn fine <laughs> point. Question. Yeah, yeah. No. I, uh... <laughs> I guess in the Anderson verse, maybe it is. Yeah. See, I like I like when we do that when we can tie two movies to the same universe. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Quentin Tarantino's films are all. You know, somehow wrapped up in the same universe. Rest, yeah. Restore, restore the Anderson verse. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> the Anderson verse. Yes. Uh, Erica, did anyone get the impression that um, Danny Boyle's movie Sunshine just ripped this movie off? Yeah. 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 I just wanted everyone's opinion. Because <laughs> you have, yeah, you have like a a scientist who just goes batshit insane and murders everyone on the ship. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm too, too late. Edit it out. Yeah. I kept thinking of Sphere. Like, yeah. every time oh, I yeah. saw I, I got, I would, because I saw both of them around the same time when I was that young. Movie hurts. That movie impressionable. Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm so terrified of the deep sea. So, Sphere I'm scared me. I'm terrified of the deep sea, and I'm terrified of space. I'm stuck no, on Earth. Oh, no. Those yeah. are not the movies for you. <laughs> I just had to say, like, I'm terrified of decompression, and it's unlikely I would be in a situation where I could decompress, but every time <laughs> that's in a movie, whether it's a deep-sea thriller where they have to get to the surface in a certain amount of time, but if they get up too fast, they... They're going to die from the bends. Or right. uh, yeah, uh, uh, so stay away from Deep Star 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I don't watch that shit because it yeah, fucks me up. Yeah, just stay away from Deep like, Star 6 in general. The ocean is so... Hey, I like Deep Star 6. the shit that lives in it. <laughs> I, I, like, I, like, I like Deep Star 6 as well, but yeah, this this movie, like one of the scariest scenes for me is when Justin puts himself in the airlock and opens the outer door. It was like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I'm thinking realistically he would have died the instant that door opened, like, you know, just exploded yeah. or froze to death instantly. I'm like, how did, I don't know that they could save him. He fell out of the ship, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <where> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hold on, uh, before before we move on, uh, Jenna mentioned Sphere, and uh, I remember years ago Mac was watching Sphere. Shout out to Mac, by the way. Um, yeah, I miss you, Mac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he 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 was watching Sphere, and uh, he he texted me after he watched it. He was like, "So I just watched this movie Sphere." I was like, "What'd you think?" He said, "Bro, what the fuck was it about?" That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bad movie. Yeah. Oh, it's so terrible. I was so scared of it. And I was so glad I rewatched it later in life because I'm like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> no, and I read, the, I read the book, and I remember thinking, this is the movie they made from that fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they came up with. Yeah. I mean, yeah just, just, just watch Leviathan. No, yeah, I did like Leviathan. It, I love like, Leviathan. I wanted to love that it was like kind of sci-fi horror, but it was just garbage. It was um, virus, you know, that had uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, yeah, I think that's the best of all of that. The, the, a lot of those movies came out at the same time. You had Virus, yeah. Deep Star Six, Leviathan. Oh, I think Don't Virus was quite a bit later, actually. But yeah, Vi- Virus came out. Virus came out in '99, uh, January '99. I remember because I saw it in theaters and I yeah. fell asleep on it. Um, <laughs> The, no, I, I I recently rewatched it and and I liked it a lot on my rewatch. But uh, the one the one to watch is a uh, Deep Rising with Treat Williams. Yeah, That's, always. Yeah. I love Treat Williams. I just have yeah. like a special place. I, in my have you seen Deep Rising? No. Deep, no I, Deep, Deep Rising is the shit. Well, since we're since we're talking about other films that are you know somehow related to this, has anyone seen Pandorum? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. I love that film. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you. I actually uh, passed up. I forgot what movie I passed up. I think it may have been Rise of the Planet of the Apes to see Pandorum, which makes me a fucking idiot because Rise <laughs> of the Planet of the Apes is great. Oh, that's uh, awesome. That movie rules too. <laughs> yeah, it does. But I, but I did, I, but I did enjoy Pandorum. I, I, I can't like, believe I that Pandorum and Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out at the same time. Right. <laughs> I did not. I, I, I think that's what it was. Uh, one of those two. It may have been that of Conan the Barbarian uh, that I passed up to, to, to uh, Rise of the Rise of the Planet of the Apes to see. Which uh, I enjoy both movies, but that makes me a fucking idiot because Rise of the Planet of the Apes rules. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember I saw it on D, uh, Blu-ray later, and I was like, "Yeah, I should have seen this shit instead." Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, I do like Pandorum. I do like Pandorum. Um, if I can take my turn real quick, I wanted to say something. I'm uh, I'm gonna talk about Sam Neill. I know we discussed him um at some length uh during our In the Mouth of Madness episode that came out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to touch back on him because um he is such he can do anything as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, he and stole he, that show. There's something about him like because we we you watch Jurassic Park and he's a good guy. You know, or you could watch this, and you know for uh, you, you know something's up with this motherfucker right away, yeah. and you know he's gonna go evil. When he does, you're kind of like, yeah. I mean, because he does it. He's so fucking the fucking eyes and the cuts. Like he just goes full on crazy, and he sells it. And he's just so amazing. You can you can see him do any role. He can be the the villain. He can be the good guy. He could be the I don't know what the fuck's going on guy. Like in Mouth of Madness. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, he could just do anything and I love him as a villain in this. He was such a great fucking villain. He sold it. And I just wanted to throw some Sam Neill love out there. Of course, Larry Fishburne, always cowboy Curtis to me. Um, (laughs) I can't help it. It doesn't make me love any of his other roles less. Hold on. Hold on. on. Just to mention that the Sam Neill almost was, uh, James Bond. 
uh, when and, they were. And which I think was a, would have been a great choice. Yeah. In, in my opinion, and I'm a James Bond fan. Okay. They, um, they, they, they anything with... Sam Neill does is gold. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He stole. He stole this performance for sure. But, I, you know, it, it played very well against Lawrence Fishburne, who has been sort of typecast throughout some of these roles that he had, like with uh, um, Morpheus and um, The Matrix. And um, in this role, um, it's this very stern, you know, wise, you know, strong guy. And, you know, it's so funny when you see his earliest stuff, you know, like, that's why I always call him Cowboy Curtis or Larry Fishburne. <laughs> that's what he's going by. But, um, you know, I, I think he was just phenomenal in this, like that dad energy. But um, yeah, apocalypse now. That, him and apocalypse now. He was, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah I, and he and he like lied about his age to get him yeah, out. He was like he did. sixteen yes. or something, seventeen. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And he, I mean, he he did all kinds of stuff. He was in the Color Purple uh, and a bit role in that, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite films. But um, yeah, so he's done a lot of everything, but he's been typecast now as the sort of like you know strong you know male. Overseer yeah. energy kind of guy. You know, like, I've got everything under control. So him playing very straight against Sam Neill's like increasing craziness. <laughs> it, it, it's just great chemistry. But don't forget, he goes all the way back to Cornbread Earl and Me. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. 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 Uh, they kill Cornbread. So, so <laughs> you know, performance he gave at such a young age. And then also, also, uh, this came out like, like maybe like a, a week later or two weeks later from a uh, hoodlum. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which everybody, nobody gave it, cared about what this one came out. Everybody was looking forward to hoodlum, which bummed me out because I was the only sci-fi nerd, uh, looking forward to fucking the Horizon. Think, everybody yeah, was like, we all had that phase where we were the only ones and of our friend group or you know whatever yeah. that. We're like, okay, well, I guess as I'm doing a solo, I'm gonna have to drag somebody with me. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and I saw a solo. While we're on uh, the Sam Neill thing, and I think he was marvelous in this film. Um, Bill Pullman was considered and turned the role down. Uh, I, I could. I don't know if I could see a no, Bill Pullman. He's no Bill Dr. Paxton. Now Bill Weird. Paxton, I could see, but not Bill Pullman. Oh, we Nicholas we, Cage to play all the roles. Manchu uh, <laughs> and Werewolf Woman of the SS. Make that fucking movie for me. Uh, oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We we we're not hating on Bill Pullman in here, are we? I don't oh, no, hate I'm not. Him. Never, I'm never. No, no, I, I, I was I was I referencing Candy. Him with Bill Paxton, and Bill Paxton is is. I find no, of course, of course, no, oh, no, of course, Bill Paxton is the you know. I mean, God, he's a yeah, no, he's God bless that. God bless that man. No but, hate for Bill Pullman. I just, I, I don't know that he would have done this role. No. Justice. You need, as Doctor Weir. You need uh, Sam Neill's energy for this. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoy Bill Pullman. I would have liked to have seen if he I, could pulled it off. But I mean, have you, have you, have y'all not seen Malice? Uh, but is it? It's different. It, it, I don't know. It, it's just like this particular role. Oh, no. Yes, I can't it's, it's, see Bill Pullman doing this particular role. Yes, like, no, Sam Sam Neil was absolutely perfect. He brought like the right creepy energy. He brought the right creepy energy. Like you can't leave. She won't let you. <laughs> right. you, know? you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm already home and fades into the, the darkness. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a great shot. The way he falls, he goes back into the yeah. darkness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great shot. No, like, but the, I, I love I, lo- I love my Bill Pullman, President Whitmore, my yes. president. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bill Pullman does some great things. I'm just more of a Bill Paxton fan. Uh, but uh, the only reason I, I brought up Bill Paxton Listen. is a lot of people bring, you know, confuse the two. 
Because yeah. I, mean, I thought Bill Pullman died for the longest time, and I was like, oh my god, he's alive! <laughs> yeah, no, it's Bill Paxton. Man, that fucked yeah. me up when he died. I was Paxton. like, no! Oh, that's I just got confused. That's a, that's a, that's a death that's I, right? That's a death I think I don't think I'll ever get over. No, I'm the, not the, over the it. Game over, man. I Never. didn't even get over Bill Pullman's death, and I was... Uh, <laughs> this didn't even happen. He, he was died. <laughs> he came back I was going to say, Bill Pullman's dead. What, what you got? Yeah, you ever seen that episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer gets smart for an episode and uh, he goes to he goes to the movies and says so like, oh, the uh, aptly played by Bill Paxton. It's Bill Pullman. <laughs> hey, somebody's not enjoying the movie. Weirdly, I also thought Christian Slater was dead for like ten years, fifteen years of my life, and then all of a sudden he was in Mr. Robot, and I remember. I, my friend was watching Mr. Robot, and I stood up and went, oh, my God, he's alive. <laughs> like, you were thinking of River Phoenix. Dead. <laughs> but, I, but I knew River Phoenix. I don't know. Like, I knew he was. I don't know why. River Phoenix oh. was an early Nelson Mandela when he died, kind of it back. fucks me up because I was young, and I no. loved what I'd seen of him. But No, um, no Dave, she was, she was thinking of Stephen Dorff. That's what she was thinking, who died. He's still alive, isn't he? He's still is he? alive. <laughs> now I'm just fucking with you. I know he's still alive. <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> so I'm confused. Now. Or as I know. Uh, uh, Dave, your hands up. Well, I, just, uh, I, I feel bad for Haddon because she's waiting for us to. Oh, no, I'm fine. No, no. <laughs> please, uh, my point's up. But uh, the, the individual deaths, I thought were interesting because it's a chance for the ship. Do you see how the ship or the whatever it brings back with it is fucking with them individually? You know, um, personally, uh, Pete, like uh, something I didn't notice uh, before watching it till I, I didn't really realize today, like when Peters dies and she, she falls and they linger on her laying there like bro- her legs are broken. And that was her thing with her son. He had some <laughs> disease or illness that she couldn't cure with his legs. So it's fucking with her because of that. Um, it, it obviously fucks with um, uh, uh, the captains. Uh, you know, he left behind the the. Uh, the guys to burn the one guy to burn to death, so it fucked with him by bringing him back on fire. But the the thing that I found the most interesting was Justin. Uh, they call him Baby Bear. You know his death. He so he goes out into that airlock. You know because he's like the the very like upbeat and full of life, young. You know, and when he comes back, he's just this nihilistic. You know the darkness inside of me. And the way that the um, ship like um, brings him back to normal after he activates the airlock is so mm-hmm. cruel like it, it has him activate the airlock and then it leaves him and he's like he doesn't know what's going on he's in this that was i would think that was a, a particularly cruel uh ploy yeah. on the ship the way it fucks with everybody and it leaves him to die in this horrible way uh and and the fact that when he comes back he doesn't realize what's going on i thought that seems very effective yeah it was dark yeah. Most- yeah, the ship it's a really it's really it's fucking with them very individually like it's picking them all apart um the doctor, the one thing, DJ, the doctor, I found interesting, it, there's a scene early on when you see that he has a huge scar in his chest, mm-hmm. and it's not referred to in any way, but when he's killed, he's killed by being opened up, you know, yep. uh, on that, and uh, I wish they had elaborated on that a little bit, more, like, what happened to him, why he has that scar. Yeah, yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, and I guess there was, sorry to interject, but, or interrupt, but I guess they did do a lot more um, character development in uh in, in the script and in some of the scenes that were shot but then cut later, I kind of wanted to know some of these character backstories. 
uh, even though it, I mean, it doesn't ruin the movie by any means, but it's like, huh, there's just some like little interesting details that you kind of want a little more of. Yeah, I always want that stuff. Like when, yeah. when, uh, when they're touched, when they start realizing how fucked they are. And I think uh, Smith starts freaking out and DJ, the doctor takes a scalpel to his throat to cut, you know, to, it's like, so he at least there's something there. Like he knew like to do that. There's something about the doctor there, something in his past. I, I wish I'd known more about that. Yeah. Like they were alluding to something in his past there. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to piggyback off of Dave. And I was going to talk about the deaths, but then he brought up the Jason Isaacs DJ character. And I met Jason Isaacs and I specifically asked him about the the chest scar. Yeah. (laughs) And he said his um, backstory for his character was that he had open heart surgery and that was his biggest fear. And so that's why he's killed the same way. Like, yeah, getting like cut open. Oh, makes sense. If yeah. Us, if they'd given us that little bit. Mm-hmm. And he said like he like rubbed the scar just so you can like kind of notice it. But yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I see the scar. There's no mention of it. So he's like, yeah, we had our own backstories, and mine was surgery, and that was my biggest fear. And then I forgot to ask him what DJ stood for, and I've been like regretting. Well, like kicking myself in the. <laughs> we all do that. Like Candy's awkward celebrity encounters. It's been a minute, but yeah, I, we've all done stuff like that. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Something funny I I read about uh, the uh, Jason Isaacs when when filming was over, he tried he asked the special effects group for the the prop with the open chest, and they thought that he was being fucking weird, so they told him no. <laughs> Which is like so stupid. Just like I don't think that's weird at all. But um, I don't know. Like maybe not the best judge. Like centerpiece. Put like popcorn yeah, yeah. in it. That'd be very cool. I mean, I would imagine as an actor, like I, I know from you know for me, like I would want props from all the films, you know, or something, some some sort of souvenir, you know, from a film that that I acted in. But maybe that's just the serial killer and man wanting my trophies. <laughs> I don't know. Adam, that makes sense why, because, like, apparently, like, because when she saw him at that thing, you know, everyone wanted to talk about Harry Potter, and, um, and she's like, oh, he just, like, wanted to talk about, um, Event Horizon the whole time, and now that makes sense, like, he was just really into that movie. (laughs) Well, it was really funny, because everyone was like, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, and I was like, I love Event Horizon, so he was just, like, talking to me, and, like, his assistant's trying to push me along because he wouldn't shut up. And I was like, no, don't take me away. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let me have this. So lame. It was I so funny. And the, the person in front star. of me, it was this guy who had a Harry Potter poster. And he's like, will you sign this? He's like, I wasn't in this one. Do you want me to sign it? Like, I was like, oh, I wish I could get the white poster. <laughs> like, oh, man. I've seen stuff like that happen at cons, yeah. I'm like, oh, oops. I was like, sorry. <laughs> okay, um, Jenna is going to go, and then everybody, we're going to start doing reviews after that, so. Wow. Um, yeah, that, and this this is uh, this will be very quick, because I just remember, like, <laughs> when he was explaining why the ship was like, oh, the ship is, like, rejecting us or whatever. I'm like, so this ship has allergies to humans. It's a nation of this movie. <laughs> And the the ship is such an interesting character in the film, I think, you know? Yeah. Just what a character and all the the thought and and the depth that they put into the ship itself. I mean, a lot of that came across. I know that there was more, but um, I still think it was, it's a very strong, probably the strongest character and the most development we get. There's more that I would like to know about it, but the design was great. Um, It was claustrophobic. It was, it was, it's creepy as fuck. It was scary. 
and this place is a tomb. Um, mm. You know, it, it was it was really fantastic. So go, going from that, and I know Erica was like, it went that fast. It did. The time really did fly by. But, well, that's uh, a testament to the film, I think. That we, yeah, I mean, there's just so a lot long. to talk there's about, so and, I, and there's still so mm-hmm. much more we can say. So but oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just I just know we have so many things that we want to talk about with it, but maybe we can revisit it sometime. I I I love what we're talking about. So and and everybody can get like their final thoughts into their reviews. So I'll just go ahead and go, um, because I always go first. <laughs> um, my rating out of ten is nine point five out of ten missing footage. Um, <laughs> that point five is for the missing footage. I I wanted more. I'm a gore hound. I'm um, extra as fuck. Yeah, I wanted, you know, more. I wanted the extra, but the 90s, I think, also, you know, played a part in it. This is late 90s, but, you know, horror had changed. Sci-fi horror, they were really trying to revamp and redo, and this film was just, you know, too offensive. Too much. And I'm like, I want too much. Now they're not afraid to go fucking balls out on stuff, and I fucking love it. I just wish we had this movie made right now and have all that shit in it. So it's just like you're watching that and you're just all fucked up about it, you know, like audition or something. Like I wanted to see like in-depth gore and just these intense scenes. And But I mean, still overall, it's such a great film that I, I can only take off half a point. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm not into sci-fi. Um, and I'm not into sci-fi horror, actually, specifically. Um, but this, this film makes me go, eh, maybe I am. <laughs> you know. So kudos for that. Um, um, so I'm gonna give it nine out of ten visions of hell. Um, this movie hit everything for me. I love sci-fi. I love horror. Um, the actors were phenomenal. Um, they were great choices. I think the atmosphere in this film was very dark um, and ominous. Um, I just it wasn't until I read about all the things that got left out, um, but it wasn't it wasn't until I, I read everything that they left out um, that it left me wanting more. Like, I really want a director's cut of this. Um, I know we'll never get it because of Transylvania. But but, you know, I mean. I think it's a great movie, and and I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's very smart. Uh, like Candy said, the the ship is a great character. Um, there are a lot of things uh, that, like what Erica pointed out with uh, some of the foreshadowing, and you know some of the things that are in the ship um, that that make me want to go back and rewatch it and try to find you know some of the the interesting things. Uh, I had a lot of trivia on this, and I was I was pretty impressed with some of the stuff that I. That I read, but it just really bummed out that that the production company fucking did what they did um, and kind of hamstringed the whole the whole film. Uh, so yeah, nine out of ten visions of hell. Uh, Rob, uh, I'm giving it nine and a half out of ten spacesuits named Doris. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's why I brought it up. Uh, um, the spacesuits weighed sixty five pounds each. Oh. And um, Lawrence Fishburne named his Doris, uh, which uh, I, I thought uh, was was brilliant. Also, um, uh, uh, Paul Anderson uh, told a story how he was talking to uh, 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 Lawrence Fishburne one time, and he was resting because of the weight of the suit and how he'd just taken it off. And uh, 
he said that uh, Lawrence Fishburne was talking to him for a while, and then he realized Lawrence Fishburne wasn't moving because he had cramped up and he couldn't move. So, and he was waiting for Paul Anderson to finish talking before he let him know that, yeah, I can't move. You're gonna have to help me up. <laughs> so, so there's that. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I love this movie. Um, I forgot to mention that uh, I had uh, many movie posters on my wall. This was one of them, uh, which is which is how much I love the movie. Um, uh, the cast is great. Uh, I almost used my rating as a nine and a half out of ten. Jack Noseworthy's ears, because uh, Jack Noseworthy's ears are a thing of beauty in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like yeah, the, the special effects was great. Uh, the set design, as we talked about, uh, the visual effects, I think still hold up. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I really, I really love this movie. Uh, it's still my defense of uh, Paul Anderson when people say he's a bad director. Um, I don't think you could be. He'll always have this on his resume. Oh, and plus Soldier, because I'm a really big fan of Soldier with Kurt Russell. I like Soldier. I, like I love that Soldier. Movie, yeah. That's that's another one I saw. That's another one I saw in the theater by myself. Uh, nobody wanted to go with me. I, went <laughs> <laughs> I love watching movies by myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people get mad when I watch movies by myself. I, I last one I saw I think by myself was Annihilation with Natalie Portman. Oh, so good. Yes, it was, and everybody that's was. You saw that without me? I see everything without you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, this is a great film and love it. And uh, shout out to Paul Anderson. Uh, uh, nine and a half out of ten spacesuits named Doris. All right, Erica. Um, I'm going to give this nine out of ten decompressed eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> or gouged eyeballs or missing eyeballs in general. Uh, just... I, I just think it's like I also agree this is probably um, Paul Anderson's best film, or at least that I've seen. Um, this is just gorgeous. Uh, the set design is amazing. Um, I think all of the actors are phenomenal. Of course, I think uh, with a lot of films, including this one, Sam Neill kind of steals the show a lot of the time. But, I mean, every one I thought was outstanding. And I just love the the mixture of genres of you think it's a sci-fi movie and then there's literal hell in this movie. It's like, Oh, they went right Old there. Testament on our ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the only reason I, I did dock one point is um, because so much footage was missing. Like there's stuff about the characters we won't really know now that we won't get to see the whole blood orgy scene. That makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, other than that, I think it's still a, an outstanding movie that uh, stands the test of time. Cool. Uh, Jenna? Um, I will give this 7 out of 10 Transylvanian salt mines. Um, <laughs> but in terms of uh, horror in space, 10 out of 10 Transylvanian mm. salt mines. Mm. Or 10 out of 10 Bill Pullmans, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> we love Bill Pullman. Yes. Um, yes. R.I.P. <laughs> no, don't jinx him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah good point. <laughs> Take it back. Um, I'm not, like, big on this genre. It's definitely the best. And I still liked Pandorum. Like, I still like those movies. But they don't rank high for me. It's a movie, like, uh, uh, space horror is like, well, if it's on, I'll watch it. But it's not like, ooh, yeah, I'll totally watch it. 
Um, and yeah, as everyone said, the lost footage is super disappointing. Um, I also think just in general, it's a little too action-y for what I would like in a movie like this. Like there's a lot of explosions and ducking and while that's all fun and good and everything, I, I would, I would want more of it, even if all the footage was there. I still feel like it would be a little too actiony, a little too Resident Evil-y for me. Um, and so that's why it's 7 out of 10. But again, horror in space, my favorite one. So. <laughs> All right. Um, Haddon? I give this movie 10 out of 10 Liberati Tutames, Ex and Fairies. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I love this movie. It is in my top five favorite movies. And maybe I look through it like through a lens of love. So like, you know, there's no flaws, just like perfect imperfections. And I just, it's a great cast. I, I love the dialogue, how it's delivered, because some of it's like delivered so seriously, but it's so cheesy. It makes me laugh a lot. So there's a lot of comedic, uh, comedic elements. But I love just the creepy vibe. I love the set design. I, I just love the whole movie in its entirety. It's just a fun film to watch and it's always on in the background <laughs> i always have it on and i'm obsessed <laughs> so i'm right. so glad i found someone to talk like you know about it too <laughs> yeah all right dave let's hear it i'm gonna give it nine out of ten eyeball offerings i just love that the way that he holds the, the captain of the previous ship holds the eyeballs out you know smiling like a, like a welcoming gesture Okay, I'll watch that again, too. But um, uh, I didn't like any of those. <laughs> I would give it a, a higher score, except there's a couple of things that were... Um, the one thing that bothers me the most is the corridor itself between the two halves of the ship are lined with, like, 14 sets of explosives. There seems to me to just be an easier way to separate two parts of a spaceship <laughs> than having all of these, this whole entire corridor lined with explosives. That's one of those examples of... Um, it's just serving the plot. It doesn't make any sense in reality, but it just serves the plot. Um, but yeah, this this movie disturbed, particularly for some reason, Peter's death when she falls and hits, and then you see her legs all broken. And yeah. That, that really, uh, this movie disturbed me on a couple of, that, that was one of the scenes that really did bother me. But this is a great film. Sam Neill, I mean, you can't say enough about Sam Neill. I love him in everything. I mean, um, um, The Hunt for Red October, he's the best ever. I wish I could have seen Montana. I just love him in that. Um, but it's just a great film. It's scary, it's disturbing, and it's a little it's a little over the top, which is always great. Yeah, definitely, I agree. All right, uh, Rob, you want to start us off with plugs? Sure, my favorite. Uh, of course, uh, got to shout out to my baby, the Action Drunkies uh, podcast to talk about action. Um Shout out to my brother Mac, uh, who's gonna be here. He's got some things that he taking care of with his uh, his whole lodge stuff. Um, also, shout out to Nico, um, who isn't here as well. Um, the, I have a link tree. The uh, I, I didn't pull up the link tree because I wasn't expecting to, to go into plugs this quickly. Uh, it's linktr.ee/slash/thecinemadrunky, and that's where you can get all the links to uh, my show and this show and uh, our Twitter accounts and all that stuff. Because I'd rather promote that than go because there's so many links to and plugs to do and shit. I'm just get tired of it and I don't really want to do it anymore. And then the <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I'm fooling, I'm fooling, I'm fooling. But uh, yeah, uh, also shout out to Mike at over at Atkins Undisputed. Um, 
uh, Michael Cook over at Hit Rewind, uh, Daniel Epler at uh, the Cobwebs Podcast, uh, Lindsay over at Schlock and All Podcast, uh, Ron and Jay and the whole team over at the Film Strip Podcast. Uh, I just recently did an episode on Army of the Dead uh, that should be coming out soon, so check for that. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. All right, Erica. Uh, find me at myhorrificlife.com on Instagram at myhorrificlife. Um, as far as other plugs, um, please check out uh, my friend and employer Andrew Devoff's uh, brewery fundraiser. He's trying to raise ten thousand dollars, half of which is for uh, basically to help payroll because COVID, you know, hit our brewery a little hard, um, just with California forcing shutdowns for extended periods of time. We want people to get paid who put in the work. Um, the other half of that goal will be split uh, amongst uh, five different charities. So you visit their website, 3marm, that's M-A-R-M, brewing.com. You'll see details about that fundraiser. Same with, um, or you could go to their social media pages. You had me at brewery. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she said she's she's bringing us some samples, so I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bring samples for um, all the the podcast crew who are going to see uh, Joe Bob's event, and then uh, I'd like to give you know a four pack of something to Joe Bob and Darcy themselves too, if they'll accept fan gifts. Yeah, that'd be super cool. <laughs> all right, uh, Jenna. Uh, find me at Zombie Wasabi on Twitter, I believe, <laughs> and Zombie Futon, F-U-T-O-N, on um, Instagram. Um, I don't really have anything too much. Th- I mean, the Candy the Final Girl makeup, I'm so excited to get my palette. I just ordered some, and it looks so amazing. She sent me the pictures. I'm like, yes. I haven't bought makeup in so long. And I are both wearing some of it tonight. I know. I wish that I could have worn it. No, I just had, like, some lipstick. No, (laughs) it's okay, but you'll have yours soon, and I'm excited for you. uh, Jenna, don't forget uh, uh, Pack of Vengeance. Yes, uh, of course. (laughs) And, And... that's what I was saying, because last week I was like, actually, like, we don't have that much time until the um, until uh, the the page or the not the Patreon, um, the Indiegogo ends. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess just to inform everyone, um, we're going to be uh, uh, Len Kavazinski is making Pact of Vengeance that stars Leo Fong um, from Low Blow. John Michael Thor from Rock and Roll Nightmare. I remembered it this time. <laughs> and we have um, we have two new A- AEW um, wrestlers on board. One of them is Diamante, and the other is um, oh geez, uh, I don't even know how to look it up right now. But there's another wrestler that's going to be in it. And me. <laughs> nice. And Len Gavazitsky. <laughs> so um, the Patreon, or the Patreon, I keep saying Patreon. The Indiegogo is up now. Um, if you if you uh, go on the Indie, on Indiegogo and just looked up Pact of Vengeance, P-A-C-T, you'll be able to find it. There's a lot of really cool contributions. And you get, like, 
a little uh, a uh, a little patch like you can be on the team. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get a link to that and, and share it around. Yeah, I shared it um after yeah we had you last week, and then I will share it again like directly after the show. Um, just because sometimes it's a couple weeks before these come out, these episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll be sure exactly. to share it right away. But now people will know about it, so. Yeah, I just seen I just seen Len post uh, something. Uh, he's trying out some new uh, props uh, for the movie, which is basically him shooting a machine gun. So th- that's what we're going to be getting in the movie, <laughs> folks. So yeah, please do support that. Len is a, a awesome oh, filmmaker. There's also going to be a flamethrower. Oh, yeah. shut up. Is that going to be your scene? What? Will I be there for that? Is it going to be your scene, the flamethrower? No, but I think you'll be there for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Hen. Oh, I'm just going to go with uh, Jenna with the Pact of Vengeance, just support Len Kabazinski, because he's a great guy. He works really hard on his films, and I just uh, support, you know, indie film. And also go to the movie dumpster guys because I love them too. It's <laughs> movie another, dumpster. Another <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it was so good to have you. Um, hopefully you'll um get with me and I can give you a schedule and you can come back. Thank and we you. also do a feminist sideshow where we review like feminist horror. Like so, um, we're doing the craft tomorrow. This Erica and I do that. And we had guests for the first time for Separate Wives, which just came out yesterday. So, um, yeah, we're always open to having another feminist voice on there. So, go see you too, Jenna, if you want to join us sometime. Oh, yeah. Just a quick note, the Event Horizon does pass the Bechdel test. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) She was like, oh, man, it passed the Bechdel test. I was like, oh, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, Dave. Okay, so shocking, I don't have a link tree. Um, I'm going to (laughs) report I'm like at that point in my life where I don't even know what that is. I'm like becoming <laughs> the old guy. Like I need my daughter to explain it to me. Like and come set my. I have to have my kids explain stuff to me. Don't. It's but, not uh, just you. <laughs> um, I, I wish uh, Mac and Nico had been here. I miss them. I always miss yeah. their uh, presence. And also, um, just a quick shout out to uh, yeah Andrew Devoff's uh, Three Marm Beer Brewing. I contributed to that. He, he's a great guy. We did we did Wishmaster, which was a great film, which I don't I don't think I would have ever watched except for our episode. And I'm glad. I, I feel really bad about how mean I was during the episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. So sorry. <laughs> and Andrew was so nice about it. Right. <laughs> and I'm glad I, I got to watch it because it was it was a lot of fun. So yeah, support. I'm a big fan of independent breweries. Um, I love good uh, craft beer. So yeah, I gave, you all can. And yeah, and I just love it. Another, my, my favorite thing about the week is this Thursday night here with y'all. Yay. Yeah. Aw. Um, I mean, I really don't have a whole lot. Um, I'm kind of like Dave. Uh, what's a hashtag? <laughs> um, my hashtag? I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram at Shaun of the Dead. It's all skateboarding and cats. Um, I, uh, huge shout out to Mac and Nico. Miss you guys. hundred percent. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, hey. Uh, that's his. <laughs> I know. I was just, he looked like he wasn't paying attention. So I, I, I filled in for you, Rob, for a sec. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Shout out to Ian, Lindsay and Lucy at behind the screams, our sister podcast. Um, and, um, thanks for everybody listening. Thanks for, uh, having, for being here. Well, thank and, you. You know, uh, it's great to have you back. And I love you guys. And 
I love my Thursdays. Yes, definitely. Um, God, I, I'm turning into Rob. I'm like, oh, I gotta do plugs. There's so many plugs. Oh. <laughs> that's why. I, that's that's why I just plugged the link tree now. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm gonna do. I do have a special, a couple things I want to say separately. But my link tree is the easiest way to find all House That Screams things and all Candy the Final Girl things. And um, so my link tree is linktr.ee slash Candy the Final Girl. You will find, yeah, like I said, everything the House of Screams. Um, I do all of our social media and all that. So that's just me. So sometimes you'll see random posts of, like, girly stuff because it's me talking, not the podcast. I kind of, you know, I'm kind of the mouth of the podcast, but whatever. Um, I do run my mouth. But, yeah, shout out to uh, Mouth of Madness. (laughs) Yeah, it really is the mouth of madness with me. Um, Yeah, um, and then Eric and I have, like, a lot of really exciting things coming. Um, We've been planning and designing, and we've got some really big, big, big things coming for the the makeup line. We're starting to get some traction. (laughs) Yeah, that's what mine looks like, Rob. (laughs) See how long that shit is? That's why yeah, I just promote the link so tree. Shit, you have to scroll. Um, yeah, but uh, but you know, we have just so much uh, exciting stuff coming. By the time that this episode is out, um, it will some of it will be in stock in the store, and um, we're just providing um, basically unconventional beauty products with a horror theme. We, we don't want to give you basic stuff that you can just go out and buy at a drugstore. We want to give you fun colors. We want to give you exciting things that tie back to like really fun or schlocky or you know, whatever kind of horror films. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun doing that. So it's a great project just to have fun with. But also, you know, we have fun doing the looks and we want to share that fun with other people. So, um, yeah, definitely check out our shop that you, the link's also in my link tree to Final Girl Cosmetics US. And like I said, I'm just so glad to have Erica as a partner. Um, it's, it's really extra fun. And then uh, shout out to... Um, the cobwebs, uh, it's cobwebs podcast, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, it's cobwebs. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just did an episode with him, and I gotta thank you, Rob, because he is such a lovely person. Yeah. And he said he wanted to thank you as well because he, we really had a great conversation. He did. He did. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so great. And so I'm gonna come back on there. So I love classic films. That's sort of my one of my other passions. And he said, "Wow, you just really wowed me with all your bogey knowledge." I'm like, "Oh, you trust me? There's nobody that knows more than me about Humphrey Bogart. He is my obsession." <laughs> but um, so that was fun. Um, definitely check um, that show out um, if you're into you know classic films or you wanna you know find out some information about them. It's uh, it's a deep dive. Uh, definitely. Um, a very niche thing um but uh i'm so glad that i found a place where i can talk about it so that was a great episode and i'm, I'm glad that i got to meet him we had a great time uh did yeah. i get everybody did i forget something um if i, I, if I forgot something it's in my link tree it's a good, uh, also uh nico's uh indiegogo for sticks and stones yes, yes. and so was three Marm brewing um uh, both fundraisers are in and, and Jenna's, I think, I think the Pact of, uh, Pact of Vengeance. Yeah, I think oh, I put perfect. that also in my link tree. Oh, thank you. So I've got everybody's uh, things. But yeah, Nico is trying to make his film. It's his dream. Um, and he's working very hard on it. And I'm, I'm doing my best to help out behind the scenes with that film um, and getting it um, done. And just uh, so anything that you can donate to that uh, will 
will help him tremendously try to realize his dream as he's casting it and trying to lock down locations and things like that. Um, I know more, but I can't say anything about that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you, you will find all these links uh, before you see this or hear this. Before you, you'll see these links before you hear this. God damn it, I can't talk. <laughs> Edit that. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's all I have to say about that. And I, I thank you. Uh, nice to meet you, Haddon. Thank you for having thank me back, you. Jenna. Yeah. Thank you for being here, Always. Rob. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, also, yeah uh, th- thank you. Uh, the, um, I had something uh, I had to take care of today, but that got postponed to tomorrow, so I'll be handling that tomorrow. Uh, so I just decided uh, let me let me join with my people's. Uh, you know, get some, you know, get some uh, fun time before the shit goes down tomorrow. And um, shout out to mommy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mommy, we love you. We do. Thank you. Um. So yeah. Um. Just so glad you be here. It's it's a nice break, definitely, because I know we've all got a lot of shit going on. I certainly have my fair share of shit and it's nice to come here and talk about stuff that i love and have fun and laugh with my friends so um and we love that listeners enjoy that because it's kind of selfish we do it for us but other people enjoy it yeah no <laughs> no we, we we love we love our fans too and we do have quite a few of them and i'd like to shout out the fans thank you yeah that's it there it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it. I Sorry, love it. the nice sentimental moment, and I ruined it by Len Kabazinski with like. Something. No, no, no! You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Jenna, you're the worst. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally sentimental. If you don't interrupt me being sentimental, all you're gonna get is sentimental. Can I just say something? <laughs> I, like, I just think, uh, Candy, your makeup looks gorgeous today. So I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this is all. Um, I, I, I cheated on lashes. I didn't wear uh, our lashes. I wore magnetics because I was not feeling very good, and I can just pop those on really quick. Um, but everything else uh, is from our, um, our line. She's wearing and this beautiful say- like green Event Horizon inspired. Oh look, it's awesome. I love green. It looks great on her. Pale complexion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, Candy gets down when it comes to the makeup. I know. This is the first time that I um, did a theme and no one else really, because everyone else always gets a theme going. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do themed makeup. <laughs> I put foundation on. That's, that's how far as I go. <laughs> I, I brushed my hair. <laughs> For me, was I brushed my hair like I was putting on earrings right before, right as we were starting the show. Like I'm like, I better try a little harder because I'm I just feel so awful tonight. But being here, it kind of made it go away, gave me a break. So that's what I'm saying. Going, you know, after school special music, like or sad moments, whatever music. Yeah, I'm being sentimental. Thank you guys. It gives me a break, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, a nice place to be. Um, yeah, we we trapped we... body fucking sucks. I think I think we both needed it today. We did, we did, and I'm glad we could be here together, and all of us together. So, um, on that sentimental note, I'm going to bid you all a good night. Thank you for being here, and mm-hmm. all of you, and uh, I love you all. And it's so nice to meet you, Haddon, but I still love you. <laughs> you can yes. love too. And I love your hair. Yes, oh, yes. Your hair. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, she just got it done. It looks so good. It yeah, really. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, we will, uh, <laughs> coming up next, um, we're going to be entering our month of Carpenter. Oh, so gorgeous. our next official episode, which I forgot to talk about, 
because uh, I'm not with it tonight. Uh, our next official episode will be The Thing. The Carpenter's The Thing. So we are starting out with the big boy with our Carpenter month. I am so ready. Oh, everybody's so ready. ready. Oh, yeah. No one yeah. trusts each other anymore, and we're all very tired. <laughs> I remember I was like, you're like, oh, which ones do you want to do? Except for The Thing. That one's that already full. <laughs> Pulled up with guests was the thing. It was that immediate. Immediate. Like, yeah. yeah, it just happened. And I crammed it full. Um, And so that's just to start that. We are going to do a crossover with the Action Drunkies um, during Carpenter Month. That's going to be really fucking fun. Um, and we're doing a, a Ghoul's Night Out uh, that we'll be recording tomorrow, which is The Craft. Um, that will be Eric and I uh, doing a feminist horror review. And that was going to be interesting because it's a lot different than the other films that we've done with Cool Sign Out. So I, I'm interested to see where Erica and I will go. And and it's it's great because with it's just the two of us, like we just go everywhere with it. <laughs> they're, and, and they're so fun. They're they're really they're in a different kind of fun though. Um, like we just can really dig in and just go. We go so so many places sometimes. Like, if you listen to our bitch episode, yeah, like, we just went some weird places. <laughs> and it was great. People loved it. <laughs> and uh, weirdly, uh, it's totally random, but Eric, I remember you were talking about Philosophy of a Knife. Yes. And I'm still down to talk about that movie. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's going to get the rest of us to, to see it because it, it's really long. And I... I got to get around to it. I, I barely have time for movies lately, but um, we are going to actually do that at some point soon. So um, just I got to work it in. I'm going to watch it and then see where we need to schedule it. It's, it's, basically, it's basically Zack Snyder's philosophy of a knife, how long it is. <laughs> yeah, the, the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Not as bad dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I love you guys. Have a good night. Um, I hope to see you uh, back, Jenna and Haddon. So um, get in touch with me. I'll give you a schedule. Okay. Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> Rest right. of you. See you soon. See love you. Guys. you. Right. Love you. Good night, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.